Hello there. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Star Wars Reviewed. Hell yeah, John. I oh, you pick stole my flag. intro. Even I though I didn't wear the... Because oh. you didn't wear the outfit that I asked for a few episodes ago. It's okay. You moved recently. It's okay. It's J-Mac, still packed. It's not going to be a three-hour episode, but it's okay. Four. We're talking... Go ahead. Four hours. Four, four hours? Okay, I could do that. All right. Now, give me a few minutes here. All right, yeah, now we're good. All right, so we're talking Revenge of the Sith, Star Wars Episode 3, here today on Star Wars Reviewed. I'm Josiah Leroy. I've got my sweet Buffalo Sabres Alex Tuck jersey over to, I was going to say my left, but that doesn't really make any sense. Uh, is left on my screen, at least. John Fick, Baba Yaga. John, you ready to talk some Revenge of the Sith? General Kenobi. All right, he redeemed himself. Timmy, Revenge of the Sith talk, you ready? I am actually ready. I really, really enjoyed this. So oh, I'm very excited to talk he about it. He started off better than he has for any other yeah. episode so far in terms of where he is. I think we usually bring Tim up. So this I'm worried we're going to bring him down. Bring <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Not with my notes. Get a stretch here. Get I'm a like stretch. The, the teacher when they're like, we have a lot of homework today. Everyone's like, Joe, put your notes away. Get a massacre right. me like a Padawan. The younglings, younglings. Master Kenobi. There are too many of them. <laughs> what are we going Master to do? Oh, <laughs> I said Kenobi, didn't I? <laughs> I got Kenobi well, on the brain, dude. Kenobi on the brain for... He's awesome. A lot, a lot of reasons. Uh, the show is always, on a quick, serious note, presented... Like the MCU reviewed by Fantastic. Our friends over at 26 Shirts. Go to 26shirts.com. Pick up some merchandise. The three of us, we just put in a pretty big Geekiverse order for some awesome, awesome t-shirts. Anyway, what do they do? They sell t-shirts based on pop culture and not a lot of Western New York stuff. So if you like Buffalo, that's the right place to go. But proceeds of every sale go to a charity, an individual uh, in need, or a family in need. And to date, they've raised over $1.3 million that have gone to those charities, individuals, and families. Again, 26shirts.com. That's our friend over there, Del Reed. We'd appreciate it if you go check those guys out, put something in the cart, get it. You will not regret it. All right, boys. Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Got the DVD cover here. If you're watching it, twitch.tv slash thegeekiverse or youtube.com slash thegeekiverse. That's the DVD. John, you can't answer this. Who, Tim, is on the Steelbook Blu-ray? I already answered it. Hmm. Said Tim. Did I miss it? Yeah. You want your answer? Uh-huh. Uh huh. I missed it. Is it. Is it Obi Wan? No, you could have one more no. guess. Is it Darth Vader? I don't know. It is, it is not. It is Grievous. Yeah. Ooh, I would not have guessed Grievous. I, uh, yeah, same. But it, it ended up working out well. He really wasn't in the movie like all that much. Eh, he was. I mean, he was, but he wasn't. He's he's not Darth Vader, right? Darth right. Vader's really the antagonist, but he's he's like the Count Dooku, right? He's kind right. of the guy. So, John, let's talk about this movie. We've got a lot to get to. John, your your first thoughts on episode three. Sum it up for me. It's a good movie. It's a really good movie. I like it a lot. Um, I think it's very clearly the best of the prequels. It uh, it's awesome, man. It, the it, it's the, the transition from uh, from Anakin and Darth Vader is just so fun to watch and so heartbreaking to watch. 
having watched the Clone Wars, um, having having context of things like um, Mandalorian and all, all these shows that were happening like beforehand, or if, if there's either even some context beforehand, things like Fallen Order with Cal Kestis, seeing things like Order sixty six, um, and and seeing the the clone troopers interact with the with the with the Jedi, all of that has so much more weight and so much more meaning now, and it's just so. They, they they've done such a good job at making these older movies mean so much more with these with these newer uh, these newer properties. But it, it's it's awesome. What more do you want me to say? I agree, and I, I say it all the time. A lot of times, a new release comes out and makes me appreciate an older one even more. Um, I think all of what John said stands true there. Ewan McGregor talking about the Kenobi trailer uh, in the past two weeks here. What a perfect time, by the way, for us to be recording this. Uh, he talked about how these trilogy uh the prequel specifically they are getting a little bit more love than they did when they came out because the people that grew up with them have a little bit of a bigger voice they're seeing kenobi they're seeing the mandalorian for a lot of us who grew up with the prequels because he said those movies were made for kids as george lucas has always said so i think we're when episode three originally came out 2005 it was not it was not super well respected we had some fatigue with one and two wasn't going great. I think there's a little bit of a history here since that time where there has been a greater appreciation for this movie by far. I think it has kind of stewed nicely since 2005. But Tim, uh, give us your thoughts uh, on the movie. After not watching this for a while, I after watching the first two movies before it, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I was kind of sitting down with my buddies for a, a little bit of the movie and we watched it in Discord. And they made up a lot of good points about how this movie kind of makes that transition of and the first or the episode four, five, and six, you kind of have a lot of the storyline, you're building character development, and this one kind of takes that transition and they try to take on a lot more of the you know you're fighting with lightsabers. There's a lot more to it, I feel like, as far as an action standpoints go, with the lightsabers. And you kind of see a lot of really good fights. You see Obi-Wan and Grievous, you see Obi-Wan and Darth Vader at that point. And I just feel like it's kind of a turning point where you see in, you know, the rest of the movies that we're going to get to the next three, I think there's a lot more action in it and lightsaber combat becomes huge. A little bit different because of in this time period, obviously more people, there's more Jedi. So I guess that kind of adds into it a little bit, but um, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. I did like it a lot. Again, still a lot of CGI, but right. You know, and still That's some, what you get when you get a movie back then. So. Right, and still pl- plenty of cringy stuff, like weird decisions, right. like like why in the world did uh, Sidious have to do that weird twist? Like what is like a lot, a lot of weird stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like I, the, the where he says treason, it is then, and does yeah. like this ridiculous spin. There's just so then, many like, like kills like four Jedi. And again, it's it's this at this point it's it's the it's the Star Wars charm. It's the stuff that I, like I laugh at. And, like, what are you do? Like, why was this decision made? Like when uh, like, when when Mace Windu standing over him and uh, he says something. He said he said he, he's Mace Windu says something. Um, and then and then Sidious goes, "No, you will die." As if he, as if Sid, as as if um, Windu just said, "I'm going to kill you" or something like that. But it has nothing to do with what he just said. Like the, like they splice right. they splice stuff together so so oddly. It's just it, it, it's the prequel. Well, it's just funny. Yeah, because a lot of what he says, like when they're fighting, like he just looks absolutely insane. Like somebody's like, hey, 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 like has this all weird sounds yeah. he's making, and like it just makes no sense. For the sure. faces he makes during the lightsaber battle is just hilarious right. at some points. It's funny. I and, didn't even take notes on it because it was so bizarre. Like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of it. It, it, it didn't make Joe's notes page. Just in case you were wondering, 
all to execution because yeah like like how are you going to pull that off where he just defeats basically three jedi in a matter of seconds right i, I don't know i don't know what the answer is i know There's, this wasn't it i mean force lightning move them with the force like i mean definitely don't make my boy like kit fisto go out like a just absolute clown just stands there throws right. his arms up and gets gutted come on man what about Kit the, Fisto? I've never Vader heard. and Obi-Wan where they don't both just spin lightsabers for like three seconds. That's funny. That's only my favorite meme is the two of them just like <laughs> doing fight. the they're just standing in front of each other. Yeah, that's that's my favorite. Yeah. I uh, uh yeah, you, there's more of an explanation there than this. I know, I've right? seen that too. Yeah, I can I can understand. It's a faint. You could there's, call there, it a faint. They're so, kinda, they're so well matched that they need to yeah, right. There's a lot. Yeah. There's some explanation. They're brothers. There. It's uh, yeah. Let's hey, this is good. Let's get the bad stuff out right now. It's um, and, so, and it's like at this point we're, we've even I, I don't know we're so far removed and like the 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 prequels bad you know meme is over like it, it's just it is what it is we it, it's a product of its time. There's a lot of bad CGI, a lot of in, interesting decisions. I'm at the point where I can just sit there and laugh at those things and appreciate them yeah. and like and have fun with them and that's just part of the the charm of the prequels for me. And then just enjoy all the other stuff like the like Anakin's transition and all of that awesome right. dialogue there and like Tim said. There's not even, there's no movie that comes close. Like this, this is by far the best lightsaber lightsaber battles in the entire Star Wars saga. Nothing comes close. It's like it's, there's no conversation. This movie has the best lightsaber battles. Oh, other thing for me too. Before I let uh, Joe continue on, the biggest thing I kind of struggle with this movie is I love a good, you know, hero story where the good guys win. Like I just love that, and this is the exact opposite. And they do win in some sense, but like the main character you follow through all three movies ends up being the demise of everything. Yeah, but you were supposed to know that going in here, Tim. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying. I I know it, but doesn't make it, like, you want, while you're watching the second movie, like, you want to see him make good decisions. You know he's not going to, and that's tough to watch. And it's well done because it is devastating. Like even though like right. you can you can you can laugh at the things we talked about, and you can say the fact that you knew that he was going to become Darth Vader and that there was no redeeming him because you certainly know what he becomes. It still is devastating. Like you're you're watching the last hour of that movie, and you're like, no, just don't do it, don't do it, Anakin. And you know he's and going he tried to. to do it for a good reason. You know, so yeah, he, yeah. Tim, this is why we told you to watch this in release order. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, spoilers, Tim. He was always going <laughs> to be the bad guy. <laughs> There's three more after this. He, he, he continues. <laughs> oh, his arc? there's a lot more. Buddy. Oh you my right. god! <laughs> <laughs> um, spoiler alert! Right now, I freaking love this movie. Uh, I think the way that all of it happens. You guys mentioned it. He's trying to. So Anakin's trying to do stuff for a good reason. He thinks he's trying to save his wife. He just went through this terrible trauma of lose, losing his mother, and he thought he could prevent it. Well. I think a lot of what Anakin does is a little bit relatable. And when I say that, I mean his emotions. Like, we've all been there. I think I've been there where I've been, like, so mad I don't know what to do with myself. He doesn't know how to control it. He he gets better at it, but it's still not good enough. He has all these exp- expectations. He's got Obi-Wan. He's got Padme. He's got Palpatine manipulating him the whole time. Yeah, that's, a, that, that's a, I think, a big point there. It's, like, it's not like this was just like one snap and he found this guy who was very powerful and he just gives his trust over to him. He's been manipulated and being groomed by Palpatine for years. We see this in the first right. film. The last thing Palpatine says is, I'm, I, I, will, I will watch your career with great interest. And you see the way their relationship uh, evolves in Attack of the Clones. Like, that... Very, very, you know, meticulously planted by Palpatine. It is. And Anakin even, he, when Palpatine reveals himself in the middle of the movie there, 
that he's the Dark Lord. He's the guy that can help Anakin, and he's basically going to make him sell his soul to the devil to do it. Anakin still resists. And Anakin, we can, we'll talk about it as we get through kind of the chronological order of the movie with my notes here. But Anakin still resists almost up until the end with Windu there. Yeah, he, he tries he, to advocate he, for it. He turned him in. He turned him into the. He turned him into Mace Windu. He said like this. You know, I found the Sith Lord. Okay, I'm gonna hang back, and then you know his emotion gets the better of him, and he goes there. And the only reason he saves him is because he needs him. He. We, at, 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 I don't think in that moment he was stopping Mace Windu because he wanted to join Palpatine. I think he was stopping Mace yeah. Windu because like, hey, sure, let's arrest this guy, but don't kill him because I need stuff from him. You know, like I still need to figure out what he knows. And then, you know, all of a sudden it goes Mace down, Windu down really quickly. is the whole reason this all even happens. It, Mace Windu is Darth Vader, confirmed. He is. <laughs> I don't make the rules. Just follow him. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Joe knows it's true. We'll move on. So, yeah, we'll see when Mace Windu comes back for that limited Disney Plus series with Grace <laughs> Dallas Howard. Wait, you're, wait, you're, you're uh, telling me Mace Windu is not, uh, not uh, Supreme Leader Snoke like we all thought he was going to be? Well, we don't know that. I guess we'll see. <laughs> so let's talk release date. May 19th, 2005 at the box office. There was only one run of this. This did not come back. It, it lists here that there was an anniversary re- release, but there really wasn't for, for episode three. Anyway, overall total. Any guesses on how much this brought in, guys? 639. That was the last one, wasn't it? The exact amount from the last I have one. No idea. I just pulled it out of nowhere. Kind of ballpark of what I was thinking. You said seven, seven six thirty nine. Might be high. I don't know. And Tim said seven fifty. Uh, eight sixty eight. Baby, did pretty Bump damn up. good, even over the last two movies. Right. Um. Uh, so you know, obviously, some. I mean, it's Star Wars, right? But still, to see oh, five. that scale go up and up, and oh five, right? Yeah. Like this is not the age of the billion dollar Disney franchises that we right. see just crank out every year. Or the age of the, or the the age of the twenty dollars tickets either, right? Very true. So there's a lot of factors there. Plus, like I said, you had fatigue where there was a lot of people who did not like episode one and two, and this still did that well. Pretty impressive. Uh, in a moment here, we're gonna pull up the trailer. If you're watching on Twitch.tv uh, slash the Geekiverse or on YouTube.com slash the Geekiverse when we rerun this, uh, you'll be able to watch it with us. If you're on podcast form, just kind of listen along. But do you guys remember your first viewing of this at all? Uh, John, same story? Same old song and dance, yep. Same here same. for me, too. For, uh, for me, uh, nothing too crazy, but opening day, was there with my dad and a few friends. And it's so funny. Like This one hit so differently. Even though you knew what was going to happen, it was just you felt dark and like, kind of incomplete i almost imagine that like the, the fact that you knew it was going to happen led to the anticipation because the question is like how is this going to happen i can imagine i mean i feel like that had to be some of the you know some of the, the thought behind it right i think so and even before the prequels were filmed george lucas had kind of written some lore that anakin and obi-wan had had this fight they had this falling out basically between master and apprentice uh or at this point friends really right colleagues and it didn't end well. Anakin fell into a pit is kind of how it, they said before all of this was filmed. So you knew something was going to happen there. Something was going to happen where Obi-Wan gained the upper hand and really destroyed, so to speak, Anakin Skywalker's life, even though Anakin did that himself. So in the lead up, it was kind of crazy to be like, what is this going to look like? Like You're kind of like looking at the theater like, oh my gosh, they're on the lava planet. This is going to happen soon. 
Um, and I think they've really strung that out really nicely. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I remember seeing it. I think I only saw it once in theaters. And um, I waited for the DVD release. I stayed home from school. I know that. <laughs> um, it was like October 30th. It was right around Halloween. And uh, I was like, my dad brought it home from, uh, actually picked it up, brought it home. Kind of like your, your Halo story, John, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, Sounds like uh, it. Ended up watching it. So it was, it was pretty awesome. Thanks, mom and dad. Uh, J- JT in the chat saying adjusted for inflation or Revenge of the Sith, 1.189 billion. That's insane. Yes. Well, can I just ask the question? Why don't we just count tickets sold? Why are we to, why, like, why do they track this monetarily when ticket prices vary so much? Why don't we just track tickets sold? Like, I guess it's just like, maybe it's more like a, of a flex for the investors. Like, oh, this is how much money yeah. we made, you know? But like in terms of box office and like measuring success on a movie for the average person, why is there not a number for literal number of tickets sold? I digress. I totally agree. No, I totally agree. But you're right. It's because it's, mm-hmm. hey, we sold this amount. Less than how much we did. Yeah, exactly. It's just—it's not comparable. Yeah. It's—it's it's not totally right. Uh, John, I'm going to pass it over to you if you wouldn't mind for the trailer. Let's do it. You guys both have it up, ready to go. I am ready. All right, go ahead and play it. dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural is it possible to learn this power not from a jedi the council wants you to report on all the chancellor's dealings that's treason we are at war anakin very dangerous putting them together i don't think the boy can handle it i don't trust him I need your help, son. I'm appointing you to be my personal representative on the Jedi Council. You're on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. What? Obi-Wan and the council don't trust me. Learn to know the dark side of the Force, and you will achieve a power greater than any Jedi. You're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? single Jedi is now an enemy of the Republic. Do what must be done. Do not hesitate. Show no mercy. Who could have done this? Twisted by the dark side, young Skywalker has become. I feel so helpless. Yo, if I had just watched episode 
one and two in theaters and i've been waiting for that movie i would be so pissed if that trailer came out and that's what i saw it's so much it's the it's beat for beat the movie jay mack and chat said the same thing like that is uh, and again all right we have the context we've seen the movie we can we can we can we can piece that together you know a little better than other people that's the movie man like that's that's everything that's kind of crazy dude so i was gonna say despite us seeing a lot in that trailer I think it's still really good because it because the movie's good and it was just a shorter version of the movie. Yeah, you need to show like half of that. But I would it guess takes, it takes. The, but here's the thing, John. You said it too. Like, as Star Wars fans going in to see that movie, you kind of knew what was going to happen. It was no secret that the Jedi <laughs> were going to fall. The Emperor was there. The Republic, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, you're right. That degree here. Sure, I'm, but I'm just saying. I just like, like the approach of like, yes, we know it's going to happen, so I, you, you don't have to show it. And that, and that's kind of like the yeah. new approach nowadays. It's like, okay, we know these things are probably going to happen, so no, we don't need to show them. We just need to show you. We just need to like tease them in the most obscure way. It's again, uh, it, it captured the vibe. It certainly was dreadful. Like it, it was it very much like pro- it fulfilled. It was the, awesome, it right? Just, it it fulfill, do everything. <laughs> it fulfills the promise that okay, we are about to see the decline of the Jedi and the rise of Darth Vader. All right, we're strapping. I, so I think this might be a little bit of an outlier in terms of trailers that do show too much. It just feels like despite showing us and I mean, teasing a few things, but really showing us a lot of what was going to happen. It didn't give us the emotional gravity of what was going to happen. Like I love Palpatine in this trailer. I love him leading it off, talking about the pathway to many uh, things that people consider unnatural. That's a great quote. Uh, There's by the way, Tim, there's so many parallels between episode three and nine that I can't talk about. Because oh, I yeah. But we'll, I'll, I'll revisit them when we get there. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I was catching myself all last night. I'm like, oh, Tim hasn't seen episode nine. Joe, I can't yep. talk about it. Joe, you know I've only seen episode nine once, right? No, I didn't. One time. So this is going to be it's going to be good when I we get there. It. We're watching it in person, right? And then recording yes. right after? I would yeah. love to do that. In, in theaters, I saw episode like popcorn. nine four times. Four I'll times? Have, I'll have four times that's a good that's one crazy. there's spoilers for our episode nine show we, we were gonna ask you that question it. yeah way to ruin it no there's a story don't you worry all right save <laughs> it we can save do recasting it. <laughs> we can do recasting john okay joe's out okay got it yeah who should we bring in <laughs> well that's uh, laughable uh, <laughs> be someone with a beard yeah you bring in brent burns no one will know the difference uh so I, anyway with that trailer i feel like and then palpatine uh even the glimpses we saw of him as Palpatine, it was like, oh, crap. How did he become Palpatine? Like, why does he look different now? Why doesn't he look like the Chancellor? Like, there was that. I like that they showed Padme crying. There was a little bit of intensity there. Uh, I love Yoda's dialogue on uh, Skywalker being twisted by the ways of the dark side. So despite how much it throws at you, I think it does hide a lot from an emotional context that you can't get unless you see the movie. Um, I'm of that The action mindset. you see. I, I I enjoyed the trailer. So I have a question here. So this is a little, little off topic a little bit. So at the beginning of the movie, they talk about how two Jedi, little, you know, scrolling intro, talk about how two Jedi Knights are going to save Chancellor Palpatine. Right. Well, Obi-Wan is on the council. When does he become a Jedi Master if... Both off screen. Uh, Okay, so that yeah. but they didn't say that at all. It just kind of happened. It was like, yeah. oh, but it was he? He wasn't on the council prior. It was after Correct. they saved Chancellor. The, the, both could, okay. Well, no, no. He he was he was a master. He was on the council before saving. Uh, 
Why does it say two Jedi Knights? I think Jedi Knights kind of like, like you know, not according to. Uh, no, I think you can uh, use plural. I think you can say like Jedi Knights plural, but there could be masters in there. Yeah, okay. master master is like I a subheading. I had the uh, the book I read, and that's what they talked about. So. Oh, for sure, yeah. So master is kind of like a rank of knight. Like knight is gotcha. The, you know, knight, knight, knight. Right. Gotcha. Just clarifying for everyone else. I knew that, of course. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah. Thanks for setting that up for us, Tim. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. This is such a good guy. Um, I, I, guys, let's jump into the notes. Otherwise, we're going to be here to one. So uh, this, this will take us through a lot because I know you guys are going to have a lot to say, too. So, Wait, hold on really quick. Where do you write your notes? I just got to ask. Is it on paper or like on your phone? On my phone. Could you just scroll through? I just want to see how much notes you took for this one. Yeah. I just want to take a quick peek. Quick, J Mac. I don't think so. He wasn't a he wasn't a Jedi Master in Episode Two, so I don't I don't think that's. Oh why. my god! He became a master off screen between. Oh, I just, wanna, I'm just curious. God, that's an essay. I'm just curious. That is a lot. All right, I'm ready. How I wrote my NHL review on the way home from uh, New Jersey. All right, so Revenge of the Sith. No Star Wars starts out as strong. That it's right off the get go. We've got war right in the the credits, which I, or the uh, the crawl. We've got constant action. We've got that beautiful shot of Coruscant, and then it just like erupts. Uh, plus the music, of course, the music's always great. But we've got that beaten drum right in the beginning to build up the oh, tension. Yeah. It starts and it doesn't stop throughout the the two the, plus hours. The visuals, the the aerial battles over Coruscant was just stunning. It was so it, it was so cool. And I kept thinking back to like, man, they like Lucas must have been in his glory to be able to do this. Technically, think about like the dogfights, and think about like the you know the back in the original trilogy and the the dogfights by the Death Star, and like that. That's probably what was in his head back then. And like we got to see that fully, fully visualized there. But then there's also the side of me. It's like, why does it look so cool now? But like in the future, it looks worse. And that's like where my brain goes with like the uh, you know the consistency. Obviously, not that big of a deal, but that it's tough for me to shake that sometimes. But yeah. You're not alone there, John. Um, but I, the, the, that's the thing with Lucas, like for better or worse, some of it was not so good, but some of it that they nailed was like, Oh my gosh, this is what he wanted to do in the seventies and eighties. And now it's, it's caught up. Right. Uh, uh, I do want to, so J Mac asked a question heroes on both sides. I never understood what that meant. So J Mac, the, the separatists aren't objectively bad. The separatists. So the, so Palpatine, he, he led this plot as basically as a third party. Nobody, like the people on the separatist side don't know other than Dooku don't know that he is a Sith Lord. The, the, the separatists have a legitimate gripe against the Republic. Now, some of the stuff they're doing is very questionable and it's, you know, there's some war crimes involved, but the separatists have their, especially if you watch the Clone Wars, you see that they're, 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 they have a moral cause for what they're doing for the most part. Palpatine is making two people fight. And, you know, he, he drove this war and he's not on either side. He just wants to take both people, you know, take, take over both of them. And that's what ultimately, ultimately happens. Yeah. Very political. Like it, it is right. It's all orchestrated. It's staged. And that's what Palpatine did. And he grabs that power and, and gets there. But you've got Grievous, you've got Dooku. Uh, those guys were heroes to that side. John, that's a really good point. Um, quick, quick question about that. Do you know, did Grievous know that um, Palpatine was Sidious? I know that Dooku knew. Grievous didn't. Okay, I didn't think so. Just the vibe didn't tell me that it did. I just didn't know if that was answered anywhere. I had so, a, oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Tim. I had a buddy when I was watching it who made who told me that. Um, I guess a big reason why they couldn't send um, Anakin to go after um, Sidious is because I guess on the plane. I guess that was the, they said it's the first time they met, 
And I guess with all the Clone Wars stuff going on, they couldn't have him go there again or something weird like that. Oh, I don't know. I'll have to ask him again what he said. But I don't know if you guys had heard you mean, that gr- at you all. mean Grievous? Grievous, yeah. Or Grievous, not Sidious, yeah. Okay. How the oh. played? I was on like the ship, and he's like, oh, it's the first time. Oh, no, it was the worst. He said, oh, nice to finally meet you, Anakin, or whatever. And I guess that's why they never met in the Clone Wars, is because that was in the movie. Yeah. So like Got in it. all the Clone Wars, they never met each other because that was the uh, first time they met in that the makes sense. So another so, note oh. I have out here that I'll just jump to now, he calls Kenobi the negotiator. Yeah. That's from the Clone Wars movie. So mm. there's a movie before the animated series. And in it, uh, Obi-Wan sits down with the separatists on the battlefield and basically negotiates them getting out of the fight before the Republic takes over. So he calls, oh, the negotiator, to be kind of sarcastic. But it's so crazy, especially when Lucas was the guy. Everything meant something. Every little comment, all of it, they had, oh, Anakin said this. There was a whole story about that in this novel. Like It was so well-connected when he ran it. Um, it's, It's still pretty well connected now, but not to the same degree that when you had one guy doing it. Right. Um, but back to that first shot when it's when the Jedi starfighters they basically loop around and they look straight down on Coruscant. That's when it's just like mind blown for me. It's that so would cool. be. Oh my gosh! That, I yeah. just want to pause that and take that forever. Uh, so another actually point here, we're talking about some of the off-screen stuff. If you guys remember, Cartoon Network had a two two-part series called The Clone Wars. Not at all what we remember from the current, like the mainstream Clone Wars that now Disney has taken over. There, it was a two-part animated series around 2003, 2004, um, and it was it was like old school animation style. It was like Samurai and, Jack style, if you're familiar. So tsunami? It was, it, was it on Tsunami? It was on Tsunami. I probably it? it was probably Cartoon syndicated Network eventually. Had the Tsunami portion, right, or whatever. Right. It, it was just a regular Cartoon Network show when it came out. It was it was the same animators that did uh, Samurai Jack, but I'm sure it was probably syndicated to, to Toonami after that. But cool. That leaves off with uh, Grievous going to basically uh, abduct Chancellor Palpatine. And in part of it, it's Grievous not understanding why he can't hurt Palpatine. Because oh, they didn't tell him. I did, I've seen that, that but I forget that part. Yeah, very interesting. Like, there's a lot from those. Those are very well respected. Go watch but, them. If you but they're not. They're not canon, right? They're 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 considered legends, I believe. Not Correct. That like, not that it's really that big of a deal, but there are seeds there that you know when Lucas was in charge, that was there. But Grievous doesn't understand that because they didn't tell him. Right. <laughs> they basically didn't tell the kid. You know, uh, it's 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 interesting. But so it's really some, it's isn't it really only Dooku that knows? Like in, within the Separatists. Yes. So nobody Dooku else knows. Yeah. To go do that. Uh, and, and that's it. So, uh, Obi-Wan, um, with the comment early on, he says, flying is for droids. And I, I love that little sarcasm. And I hope we get more of that in the Kenobi series. I just, it's, it's you. He, did, he was so good in this movie. He really was. He's so good in this movie. It's all the show. This is sure. Obi-Wan that I, I remember. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Between episode two and three, it's just like very clearly my favorite Star Wars character. I cannot wait for the series. Yeah, same. Uh, Obi-Wan has the honor of saying, I've got a bad feeling about this. That's the only time it's said in this movie, to my knowledge. Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin are really brothers right off the get-go. Their dynamic has changed, and it's clear. And that's not an easy pivot. Uh, Even though they're obviously proportionally 
aged differently. We go three years after episode two to episode three. Anakin's now 22 years old, so he's just a little bit older. And the way they interact, uh, to even when they land on the ship, they crash land. And they say, I sense a trap. Next move, spring the trap. And they just joke like they've done it before. Right. It's so yeah. different. Right? If that happens at Attack of the Clones, it's only one berating him for wanting to run. But here they're like, bring the trap. It's right. just, I love the dynamic those guys had. Because Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, they had a really nice uh, bond off screen. Right. And man, it, it's just so worth it to watch the Clone Wars just because of that. The, the the tease you get of that brotherhood. And they do it so well without without having to show you the years in between, right? Like like you just described. You, they, they sell it to you perfectly. Like this relationship has has fostered into a brotherhood, right? Uh, but the Clone Wars shows you how it gets there and it gives you so many of their adventures. It's it's everything you want, trust me. It's set up so well from the beginning. Just right from the get-go, it, you see it. When they're flying the planes and he's like, I'm not leaving you behind, like tries to like scrape the whatever those little droid things were called off his, pl- his uh, ship. And I just loved it. So uh, the buzz droids. Yes. Buzz droids. Yep. Yeah. I, I totally agree Tim. him. Uh, jumping a little bit further ahead. I love the symmetry of the throne room scene. So we, we arrive, we see Palpatine sitting there oddly shackled, but in like a really nice throne chair, right? Uh, before Dooku shows up. I love seeing this scene almost side by side with what we get in return of the Jedi. And there's some similarities to other things that we'll talk about for episode nine later on. But uh, we got Palpatine sitting there, right? Instead of Luke, we've got Anakin, who's in the the younger role here. Anakin kills Dooku, and that seals his fate. We think back to Return of the Jedi when Darth Vader prevents Luke from killing the Emperor. It's not because he's protecting the Emperor. It's because he's protecting Luke, because he doesn't want the same fate for his son. And we get that here. And I, I love that symmetry. George Lucas always says it's like a, a poem. It rhymes. Uh, we got the battle outside happening. Different battle over Coruscant. In uh, episode six, we see the battle next to the Death Star. Uh, the blue and the, the red blades crisscrossing. It's, it represents... a. So there's a lot of this. This will be a theme throughout the notes here. There's a lot of visual cues that go kind of by the, the wayside sometimes. We got... Anakin, when he cuts Dooku's hand off and has both lightsabers and he's got the X, that's the crossroads. It's symbolic of what am I doing? And am I going to continue down the Jedi path or am I going to basically go down this irreparable path on the the dark side? And he makes the wrong decision because he can't control himself there. Uh, Another thing to note there is that, uh, again, off screen, but in the books and the visual dictionaries, all this stuff for Star Wars. Palpatine promised Dooku, because Dooku knew about all of this, uh, Palpatine promised Dooku that he would intercede if Anakin got the upper hand. Just one more little deceptive thing from the devil, right? That's what Palpatine represents. Um, and yeah, I, I, that's really all I had for that scene. But like, let's talk that through. Like, Dooku's, he's in and he's out. He's out of this movie quick. He, he's the plot device from episode two. We don't care about him anymore. This right. is now Anakin Skywalker's movie before he becomes Darth Vader. That's the moment that George Lucas really thinks that was it. That's when Anakin was not coming back anymore. What do you guys think about that? Like, talk me through your thoughts on this scene. Uh, I think it's awesome. I just can't get over the fact that he's like the the thing that got him through the, over the crossroads is uh, Palpatine yelling "Do it" or whatever he <laughs> says in his little menacing voice, and he's like, That's "Okay," what he says. just right. chops his head off. Um, otherwise, it was awesome. I like the fact that after the fight's over. You see the struggle. You see Palpatine try to push him 
even farther over the edge by saying leave him like let's go right and anakin's like no like i'm not leaving him behind and like i'm saving him they're really he's really trying hard and i feel like that's like he's at a common scene like he's kind of making that step but he's fighting it he's trying so hard to stay a jedi and not go to the dark side right and um you know. Joe, Joe said you said that it's like on record is maybe this is the moment that like he you know that this is the moment he goes down that path maybe starts the path but the struggles there the whole movie and like yeah like Tim says like that that this is his fate will be the same as ours like whatever happened whatever happens to him happens to us like this is my brother I'm not leaving him behind there's so much of that there's so many points in this movie where Anakin is doing the right thing and is, and is struggling left and right with what to do until the very end where he slaughters a bunch of kids yeah yeah for sure. I, they even reference it later when Obi-Wan's with Padme right before he jets off to Mustafar. He says when Anakin killed Count Dooku, he became Sidious's apprentice. So it's um, it's right there. Very symbolic from episode 9-2 there with that, So which is awesome, like you said. There's uh, a... <laughs> episode, episode 6, I said 9. So I don't spoil it for me. <laughs> when did you watch it? I'm- <laughs> I, I just put in my notes a bad CG alert. I know you guys are going to say there's a lot of it, but this one always sticks with me. It's the platform falling on Obi Wan. Oh yeah. Why? Why does it happen? Why does he slide like that? It looks terrible. Yeah, they didn't have momentum down very well back then. Momentum was uh was, was tough to do for sure. And the Dooku flip, like it's just it's so I don't know. Come on, yeah. come on, let's stop it right now. Yeah. Uh, Grievous, General Grievous, he foreshadows Darth Vader as a Jedi hunter, let alone uh, kind of a, he's not really a dark side user because he's not force sensitive. Oh, but just a collector. That's right. So he's, he's kind of, uh, there's also a story basically where he was destroyed and put back together with that mask, with that breathing that you hear, that cough, that's right. symbolic of what Darth Vader is going to be. I was going to uh, ask that. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's an actual. He's not he's not an android. He's a sentient being. Why just, he was coughing and looked like he was sick? Oh right, yeah, the the accident he was in so. and all the support you know pieces made him to less than healthy. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Um, it, it, I like how again Lucas wrote that into the movie. Uh, basically, he collects those lightsabers, right? So he shows later on that he's got all these lightsabers hanging from his vest or his cape, which is interesting. Um, that's what Vader does, though. As we get into past sure. this movie into the comics, he starts hunting down those Jedi. I I love I love when it might not be the scene, but I love when Grievous goes. I've been trained in the, in the Jedi arts, and then he immediately oh, starts yeah. spinning the lightsabers. Like <laughs> you're not doing it right, man. That's not you weren't trained very well. Apparently, they're not. Right. <laughs> that scene always Just cracks me up. Like the wrist. right. He's like, I've been trained in the Jedi arts. <laughs> <laughs> always cracks me up. Oh, that's awesome. Um, back when they, they, so they crash land the ship on Coruscant, which is a pretty epic scene. Uh, Obi-Wan tells Anakin that they, they need someone to be the poster boy. That was a theme going into the movie in, uh, the books leading up to it, that Anakin was this famous character. He garnished a lot of fame during the clone wars for the hero without fear was kind of like his slogan. And that's when Obi-Wan kind of shies away and, and he says, no, Anakin, you go be the poster boy that the politicians and the media need. It's so funny. Uh, Obi-Wan also mentions Kato Nemoidia. He says, none of that business on Kato Nemoidia. That's a whole story. It's a whole novel. It's sitting on my shelf. I haven't read, uh, but it's leading up to the movie and Obi-Wan, it's a throwaway line, but sure enough, there's a whole book around it. Crazy. 
Padme wearing the, the Princess Leia buttons. I love that. When she meets Anakin for the first time. She's got him. It looks so... I love it. You know? I love I love the, the symmetry there. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Yoda, it's, it's a constant theme with him. Always in motion, the future is. The theme with Luke and Yoda when he's going to save his friends on Cloud City. The theme with Anakin and his mom. And now the theme with Padme. The future is always in motion. It's crazy that he gets this vision of Padme dying. But he doesn't know that he's the one that kills her. Right. I think it's that always stands out in my mind because it's always been a kind of a, a hill that Yoda dies on. Uh, one, I, I wouldn't say this is ne- necessarily negative, but it's something noteworthy. Uh, what the original trilogy did much better than the prequel trilogy was show, don't tell. It would show you how things were done mm-hmm. from a story standpoint, or a lot of times because maybe it wasn't written or executed properly, they would have to tell you why something was important. Um, and Padme and Anakin have a scene on the balcony and he's got the, or she's got the Japur snippet, right? It's that little wood square that he carved out for her in episode one. She's still wearing it as like a necklace. And he says, I remember when I gave this to you. And I was just thinking like, man, if this were a Marvel movie, he wouldn't have said anything there. And he maybe would have looked down at it and you would have just seen it for a, a, a quick right. second. And he would have been like, oh my gosh, that's the thing from episode one. And it's so subtle, but it's it's funny how that execution kind of matters. I think that's pretty it's pretty common in these movies and these prequels. There's a lot of heavy handed uh, over yeah. over uh, exposition, you know. I Agreed. I do think that that is the case. Uh, it's just again, I don't know if he just Lucas wasn't there. He couldn't get the right direction, but nonetheless, um, I'd love the scene between Yoda and Anakin when Anakin's really going to him for advice, and they're sitting in uh, kind of like that dark room, and the the light is is just peeking in a little bit. And he's asking about really what he should do about Padme without asking directly what he should do. And Yoda's telling him that he's got to, he's got to train to, to give it unravel up and give it all up. And it's just that moment. I don't know. It's so emotional for me. What would you do if you were put in that position? Right. And it just, do what he did. it's you just, know, that's yeah. what I think about when I watch that. It, you mean, oh, of course. Yeah. You, that, it triggers as a father that. as, you know, as a husband, like what would you do if you knew the person that you loved was going to die right and you wanted to fix it because you knew what was going to happen right and you couldn't tell and the answer the answer was the answer was stop caring the answer is don't care about it and then it won't be an issue right like it's it was never an option for anakin it was never he never even entertained that so like you you know it's it's, the the whole series the whole first three movies are all that no one really ever gives anakin the time of the day to listen and understand where he's coming from right but at the the end of the day obi-wan does it but he has an attachment that he shouldn't have. Like he shouldn't have gone. Like he, he's, he's not going to get those answers 100%. from the Jedi because he's going. He's you know he's doing what Jedi shouldn't be doing. So of course he's going to get the answer that he doesn't want to hear. Right. I was going to say continue on with this conversation. I have to go get a phone charger. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. gosh! Oh my god! Because you need your notes. I need my notes. I need them. All right. I'll be right. All right. Uh, come yeah. to bite him in the you butt. You you guys could obviously talk about whatever, but I I was going to say it might be important to talk about like why why is that a thing with Jedi attachment? Because like, if it wasn't a thing, does Anakin turn to the dark side? If he's allowed to love, if he's encouraged to love, like he says he is in attack of the clones. I've always thought that was a real interesting thing. And I can see arguments to both sides kind of being stoic and focused versus being compassionate and having family or a wife, whatever it looks like. But anyway, be right back. Yeah. I think, I think the, 
I think the selflessness for attachments teaches you to just love the greater good. I think that's kind of the point. Tim, you, 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 you just read uh, you just read the Light of the Jedi, the the High Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when the Jedi are at their absolute highest power. That's when that's right. bef- that's before they in in these prequel movies they've already they've they're already hit their downfall. They're they're already being questioned by the Republic. They're already caught by the dark side. They're really at their height back then in the the, the High Republic era, um, and that's when it, they're they're very clearly anti-attachment. And they, I think they explain that really well in those books. And it's like no, I. Like like guys, oh, what's his name? Um, Avar Chris, who's the one who Avar, who's crushing on Avar? I forget. I gotta. Oh, I gotta. Um, Elzar Man. When yeah, Elzar so, Man, yep. Yeah, Elzar. Elzar very clearly has an attachment to Avar, but he like he, he understands why pursuing that attachment would be a downfall to him because he knows that he would make decisions that would be in his best interest or in Avar's best interest, but not in the best interest of the greater good. So right, one life I, shouldn't I, matter more than everyone's. Exactly. So it makes sense, right, but. It, it makes perfect sense. And if you can get everybody to follow that path and you can, you know, be successful, well, you're going to have a great order. But you, you get somebody like Anakin, who, first of all, is incredibly powerful, like the most powerful. Right. He's he, the chosen one who can't settle with that. He can't come to terms with those giving up those attachments. Well, yeah, that's a recipe for disaster because then he, you know, he acts on that emotion and he murders everybody. <laughs> and I think the other piece, too, like that really isn't talked about at all is he's not a young like he's not, it was never really a youngling he started came in when he was how old is he when he first came to the yeah yeah i think they they start when they're like three four years old and he was like what 11 12 so he was like right so uh, you don't even you're not programmed the same way you're already programmed with attachments you're already programmed to like for sure feel a certain way like you can't get rid of that and i feel like that's part of my thought with the movie is they they try to teach him that but they just assume and i feel like that's other piece of this movie is the hidden meaning behind how the jedi were getting so like complacent and you know cocky in a sense where like perfect example is when obi-wan was looking for that planet and the in the last movie she's like oh it's not in the records it doesn't exist right because i just have to know everything kind of mentality for sure yeah no doubt so yeah but then joe obviously is the worst person (laughs) when it comes to star wars knowledge oh he's back sorry hi joe (sighs) okay oh we left again all right well so let's get here oh I did that for once. It wasn't Discord kicking. I know, out. yeah, I know. Uh, um, but yeah, it's my thought thoughts on it. So you'll have I, to watch the episode to get our thoughts on it. Yeah. I'll get back to it. It'll be great. Uh I'll go off on a tangent for our Force Awakens discussion. Uh so there's I told you there was a lot of symbolism throughout this movie that kind of falls by the wayside. There's a moment, uh so it's when Anakin is being told he's on the council. In the background, so this is not typical of the other two movies so much, but uh, the sun is there, and you can see it in the Coruscant skyline, but it's very cloudy, and it's it starts to block out the sun as Anakin is told that he won't be granted the rank of master, and it's symbolic for Anakin's mindset starting to change a little bit. His mind is clouded, right? That's the point of this. He, he, he doesn't know who to listen to, where he should go, what direction he should have. But interesting that they're playing that out kind of right before our very eyes, uh, right behind him. You see that uh, it's that, getting blacked out. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. One thing I will say, maybe to a detriment of, of some of the CGI, I, I'll never notice that background stuff because like it doesn't it doesn't feel like a real environment for me in these movies. Like it just the, the CG and like the fact that they're on a green screen is just so apparent that like I'm not looking at the sun. It doesn't look cool to me. So like I'm not looking right. at this. You know, I'm not. So that that stuff like you even back to like when you mentioned the um the lightsabers and the crisscross and how the the you know the the blue and the red lightsaber like you know they represent a crossroads. It just it doesn't. 
that that those visual cues don't mean much to me just because like it's so like the, i think these movies are very messy visually and again it, it, i think if they're a product of their time the, the cgi and you know they're, they're doing so much with them so like i think that's a huge part of it but it's tough for me to take away those uh you know to, to see those themes and those tones whereas like we're going to talk about um the force awakens next week Dude, talk about visual cues and stuff like that. Like they do that so well. They sit on that imagery and so much of it is practical that I can really appreciate it. I think a lot of that is lost on me in these movies. Yeah, I I can see that approach. Um I think some of it it, it can take you out of for me. I just probably just growing up with episode three, I was like I was fully immersed in it, I feel like. Um so I don't know if that I, plays a role. I, I, yeah. I think it does. But um so many times throughout if we're talking about tone as well. There's no music in this movie, and for the, really the vast majority of episodes one and two, there there was there was almost always something from John Williams playing, but there's so much dead space and just uh, interaction between two characters or a few. When uh, Obi Wan, uh, Yoda, and Mace Windu are on the clone transport on the they're going from the Jedi Temple to one of the ships. They're talking about how Mace Windu doesn't trust Anakin and Yoda saying, maybe we misread that prophecy. Like they're starting to turn on Anakin a little bit. It's it's crazy, right? Like it's just such an intense time, but there's no music there. And at the very end, music fades in and it's not the Imperial March or anything that's in your face. It's the Sith theme. It's the theme that plays anytime Palpatine's around. It's just it's very brooding or Snoke as you see in episode seven. It's uh, kind of the, the same music there. Uh, when Padme's talking to Anakin, she's telling him she thinks they're on the wrong side of the conflict. Or have you ever considered that maybe we're on the wrong side? Right, just she's questioning teasing. it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is fair to do. We should do that more, I think, in life. Right. She's saying that, and Anakin is so far down that path already. He said, you're starting to sound like a separatist. How many conversations have we had like this at Thanksgiving, right? It's kind of funny. But in this case, she's teasing the Rebel Alliance. Uh, there's a deleted scene where she's with Bail Organa. I love that, by the way. She's basically sitting with the guy who's going to take raise Princess Leia. Uh, and also Mon Mothma, who is from Return of the Jedi, if you remember her. Uh, she was also in Rogue One and played by the same actress, by the way, uh, from this cutscene in Episode 3. Her name was Genevieve O'Reilly. So I thought that that was always nice that she got to reprise that role because she didn't get it in Episode 3, but she got it in Rogue One all these years later. Uh, but again, just these little teases for the Rebel Alliance. When we get to the opera scene, we get to Anakin and, and uh, Palpatine talking a, a lot about really what is dark side speak. And Palpatine starting to reveal himself a little and really going for the next level of doubt in Anakin's mind. Uh, but George Lucas is, is right outside the door. So his only cameo in any Star Wars, which I love. He's, he's got like this hat on. He's got this blue skin. But right before Anakin walks in, you'll see George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, right there. Really did cool. not know that. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that either. He's talking to his daughter, which is even uh, cooler. So they're, they're cool. both there. He's got the family involved. Uh, but we learn of Anakin's birth. I want to hear what you guys have to say about that. Or we don't directly learn about it, but it's heavily implied. Yeah. And the music is the same as uh, Supreme Leader Snoke's theme in Episode 7. What a fun time that was, by the way, after Force Awakens. Be like, who the hell is Snoke? But that was a, a real key into who Snoke was with some of that music playing. But to bring it back, what do we think of kind of the immaculate conception concept for this with Anakin saying that Palpatine was able to create life by influencing midichlorians? 
Did they so say it was Palpatine or did they say it was his master? He doesn't say he did it. He said his master could could he was so powerful with the force that he could influence midichlorians to create life. When right. he says life, he looks at Anakin, which basically George Lucas is telling us that's how Anakin was created. And if you remember in episode one, uh, Shmi Skywalker, his mom says, I can't, I can't tell you what happened. There was no right. father. Uh, any thoughts on that? I know some people have had problems with it over the years. I never so Are they saying Palpatine's the father? No, just well, ma- we're, no. We, we, we use the force. We okay. use the we, you know. We use metachlorians to create. Could you imagine if that was really a thing? Yeah, I couldn't imagine if Palpatine Crazy. was a father, right? Oh my gosh, I almost let a huge spoiler slip, and it took everything in me not to say it. Okay, so we're talking about some good stuff here. Uh, the midi- So basically, what he's saying, no, he's not the father, but he he's able to manipulate the force with the ever popular midichlorians. <laughs> which Star Wars fans love, by yeah. the way. Uh, and I, I don't know. That, I think that's interesting because George Lucas was like, you're going to find out who Anakin's father is in episode three. I'm like, oh, so there was no father. It was just Palpatine with this really, really long-term diabolical game of chess just right. to take down the galaxy. It's crazy to me. I, I imagine if that's the case, that he did that with a lot of beings, right? Kind of like um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Right, plant Star the seeds Wars. everywhere, right. Yeah, yeah. D- decades of trying to find the right one, yeah. I guess so. Kind of feels like that to me. Uh, seeing Kashyyyk is really that awesome. So cool. We get to see the Wookiee home planet and all the Wookiees yeah. at once. That's so intense. Yeah, awesome. Is there any more epic line? Well, there might be a few, but in this movie then, hello there. It's yeah. just so well. General Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, four lightsabers at once. Wow, Grievous. That's crazy. It's funny that you talked about... Uh, flick of yeah. the wrist, you know? Doubles flick <laughs> of the wrist. Flick of the wrist. It was a cool visual to see those. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. We only saw two at a time, which was, was mind-blowing in episode two, but now we got That's four. That's where Anakin and... Um, or Darth Vader, I should say, and Obi-Wan got their uh, little spin thing they did as just like... I mean, technically... That's a thing because we did see it later on, where they just spun the lightsabers like behind their back and stuff. You know that 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 move of a uh, of the lightsaber is called the Obiani. Go on YouTube. And the Obiani. It is like not, not even a joke. Like people who like pra- like play with lightsabers and like do that as a hobby. That that is literally called the Obiani. Mm. Well, you guys didn't know, but actually, the quadruple faint. Grievous trained those guys. Uh, they just Ooh. don't tell you in the movie. So that's Makes how sense. they, they learned with the midichlorians. With midichlorians, it was just yeah. it was bonkers. Believe it. Uh, so let's talk about the the reveal scene where Palpatine tells Anakin basically that without telling him he's the Sith Lord and that he has to use his knowledge. I think Ian McDermott as Palpatine is absolutely brilliant in this movie. Hundred percent. He is. Yeah, he's really so good. good. Talk, so talk about that scene. He tells Anakin. Menacing. Oh, the Phantom Menace. Oh my gosh. Almost like that's what. Yeah, everybody. What? <laughs> I was gonna say it's almost like they got all the titles wrong. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So I don't think that could be done any better. Even Hayden Christensen in that scene, he's like, "What did you say?" So I, good. Like you just told me that you're the Sith Lord this whole time we've been looking for. Are you kidding me? I talk me through your thoughts on that scene, Tim. I love it because you just start to see throughout this um, entire movie, you've always seen his confidence that Palpatine has and what you kind of see is like this is the same confidence that eventually gets him killed 
in episode six. You know, it's done very well from in the past, but kind of that mentality of he always knows everything kind of fights back at him. But I just love the dynamic and I love the fact that he's just like, gonna kill me, kill me, gonna tell him, tell me, tell me. Like, I don't like just his, his amount of confidence he has that he's already won Anakin over at that point to be able to just drop the bomb on him and he puts his lightsaber away and, you know, kind of goes away. So it's, it's chess, right? Like he's playing yeah. this long game of chess and that's the move right there. He decides to basically say, this is it. I'm making Checkmate. my move. You're either with me or you're not. But yeah. guess what? I'm the one who's going to help you save your wife. So you tell but me. I love how he reacts though, because again, you go, you go again back to the fact that he's trying so hard to do the right thing and not go to the dark side. All these things are being put in front of him that it's going to be like, hey, this is your chance. Like, make the switch, make the switch. And he never does it at that point. He's like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn you in. He literally leaves there and turns him in right away and then kind of gets that slap in the face again that we keep talking about that I feel like he gets, you know, with, with uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, Palpatine says, are you going to kill me? And he said, I'd certainly like to. You know, you can see that right. rage. You can see that, you know, that he's been deceived. He's been duped. But he's also found this guy that he's been trying to hunt down as the, the Sith leader. Um, but the conflict's there because it's, you know, the prize. This is, you're, you're his apprentice, whether you know it or not. Right. It's so, it's so well done. And I love that, like you said, Palpatine's kind of overconfidence there. It's just, it's something that we don't see a lot of. And, I love that Anakin is kind of caught off guard when he's like, what did you say? He's like, you're talking about my wife? How do you know about these visions, kind of, so right. to speak? Even though they're close, right? And he, he tells... He like, says bro, that, how do you even know I'm married? <laughs> right. right. Like, he knows Anakin talked about his mom, but it's so like creepy that Palpatine knows that. And the it, details, it's, it's yeah. So, yep. Yeah. And it, it's, that's a big part of it. So uh, in the following scene, Anakin's sitting in the Jedi Council room waiting we're just waiting for this to go down. And you know when you're waiting for some news, whether it's good news or bad news, it drives you crazy. He's waiting to see what the outcome of this. Mace Windu just took three Jedi to go arrest Palpatine. And he doesn't know how it's going to end up, but he needs Palpatine, but he also needs to kind of stay with the Jedi Order. So there's a lot going on. And again, if you look out uh, in the horizon there, I know we said, we're, John, you had some issues with the CG, but there's another thing there. Um, where the sun is about to set and it's it basically sets so it's it's echoing anakin's light it sets when anakin runs out of the council room into that uh that little uh, starfighter to to go to palpatine's office and it gets dark which at that point is meant to symbolize that he's he's definitely not coming back he's made up his mind he's going to do something to palpatine Again, kind of interesting, but it's it's background stuff. It's interesting. JT, or I'm, I'm sorry, J-Mac asked, why did he only bring three Jedi? Three Jedi should have been enough. They were useless. They were useless. If there useless. was more than one Jedi there, I wouldn't have known. What? They what? were deleted in th- 0.3 seconds. Oh, what was Kid Fisto doing? What, what, what's the plan here, guys? Four Jedi. Pl- I mean, Mace Windu is one of them, right? And yeah, He's supposed and to be yeah. the second baddest uh, Jedi in the galaxy. I mean, he... he sort of defeats, you know, Palpatine. I mean, obviously Palpatine's holding back quite a bit to test Anakin there, but like, he gets him down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of, like a conversation I'd like to visit when we get to that point. So. But it is interesting, like, why, like, the, the gap, the gap in, like, competence with Jedi is just seems like it's all over the place in this movie. Right. Especially, especially with Order 66, like, you just see, like, all of a sudden, like, these Jedi just get gunned down with with no defense. Like, 
I get it. There's not so much. There's only so much you can do to you know to you properly show movie. this off. Exactly. It, it's it's tough, but it stands out a little bit. Thirty sometimes. minute fight scenes for each Jedi. That's it. They they can't be invincible, <laughs> right? Otherwise, how do you get rid of the Jedi Order? Right. It's kind of the thought I think. Um, when Kenobi is dueling with Grievous, a little bit funny that the high ground doesn't matter, right? Grievous right. has the high ground, but Kenobi There's still defeats him. Plenty of times in that movie. I mean, like talk about talk about Obi Wan's like most heroic thing he's done in this in, in these this trilogy. He had the low ground against uh, against Darth Maul. He's literally hanging right. by his hands in a pit. Talk about having not having the high ground. Whatever. Uh, yep, just kind of funny. Uh, and then when Obi Wan <laughs> he uses the blaster to to get <sighs> so uncivilized. What a great line. A callback, obviously, to A New Hope, but yep. just Ewan McGregor with the absolute wonderful execution that it can stand on its own. Um, <laughs> I was writing a note, and I can't talk about it because it, it relates to episode nine, so sorry. <laughs> uh, no well, future spoilers. Nope. nope. No future spoilers. I'm happy that I'm glad I never really watched it because this is more fun to hear Joe be like, oh, I can't say that. I like this, for sure. Yeah. It's good. Uh, the march on the Jedi Temple with Anakin with the hood and all the clone troopers. The music gives me chills. Gives me absolute chills. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's about to do what he's going to do. Hold on, and I then, got a piece here before we kind of get too far along because I, I wasn't sure where you were in the timeline because I didn't want to interrupt you. Let's rewind back a second to where um, Anakin decides to officially join. Do you think... Dar- or Dar- uh, Darth Sidious is holding back against Mace Windu, or do you think he oh, trying to sure. get? He's I had a good thirty-minute argument with my buddy about this because he's like, "Well, I guess something about Mace Windu's lightsaber counters the electricity, and that's why I was reflecting it back at him." I I think it was a test for Anakin. I think it was. It that's was what very, I thought. Yeah, well, but my buddy's like, "Oh, I watched a bunch of videos, and this is why." And I was like, "Oh." A lot of I think he was holding back. I thought he was. My thought is he's holding back because he knows he has all these people in his pocket to execute Order sixty six when he's ready. And I was saying it doesn't really matter what if Anakin joined him or not. He was still going to do what he was going to do. He would have just killed him and then killed Kill Anakin. Both. Yeah, for sure. And then he would have just executed Order sixty six and did the same exact thing. He just wouldn't have had Anakin to kill almost all the Jedi. So. It's one more bit of manipulation because Palpatine's even, you see him going, oh, yes. too weak, right? Like he's, yeah. like, he's faking And he has unlimited power. Exactly. So I, I think that's your dead giveaway that like he, yes, was, he was holding back. Said. Like, I mean, that, that, yeah. that's, that's just narrative 101. Like that's, that's what they were going for, for sure. Just to form his body over it though. So I don't know. Not, it does deform his... Nerd here, but like uh, Mace Windu's lightsaber, like it doesn't, it, it's beautiful, but it's, it doesn't like do anything that right. another... that's what i thought it does yeah. do it, it's, it does do something that no one else's does purple color. it's purple <laughs> yeah Very honestly true. the purple refracts the lightning because of the color that makes sense that makes sense yeah. i've always been i've always been told wear purple in a thunderstorm true <laughs> you'll shock the thunderclouds the classic well, line something else the classic the classic the old adage well, always right, wear always wear sorry, purple i wanted to rewind before we got too far away from it because i was I, I wanted to bring that up. <laughs> I don't even care if it's about the lightning. Just wear the purple, damn it. Yeah. Uh, man, we're good at science. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, so the execute order 66 line. It's just the most darkest, the most dark, the most dark, the most somber 
I feel like Star Wars ever gets for me, even though we get some crazy stuff with Anakin in about, you know, half hour after that. Execute Order 66, we see all the Jedi and their death scenes. That's uh, it hits. And again, it's so much. It, it hits so much harder when you start thinking about like Cal Kestis and his journey. And now even Grogu, we got to see a little flashback of Grogu, the first time we ever saw clone troopers uh, live live action. I can't wait to see more of that. But like just thinking about how, how deep that goes, that or Execute Order 66, seeing it in the Clone Wars. I do have a question. Do you think that when, when Episode 3 comes out, execute order 66 is the thing do you think that lucas originally planned for inhibitor chips or was that just these these clone troopers are loyal and they know this plan and they've been on this they've been on board all this whole time because you watch this movie at face value you never watch something like the clone wars you think like okay they they were just on board all along i think absolutely not that's just my opinion but right Lucas also did the vast majority of the Clone Wars. Right, so, but that doesn't mean that he can't like retcon his own stuff to make it fit better. He did that plenty in the prequels. Which he, yes, he certainly did a lot of. Yeah. Even in the, between special editions of movies, right? Right, like, yeah. right. So I don't think so. And that, it doesn't bother me, but I don't like it. because I, I just me, hate that my brain always goes there with all of these decisions. But again, it doesn't ruin anything for me. It's, it, just, it's just fun to think about like the, the process of making two trilogies t- 20 years apart from each other. Did every person who executed Order 66, aside from Darth Vader, were they clones? Yes. Every single person? So Order 66 was like a code. So this is sort of retcon, we would say. that like They have this chip in their head that literally once that is said, they have to do it. Like They're programmed to do it. It's not a decision. Yeah. Because I was going to go back and say, hey, you know, maybe when they were programmed in Episode 2, when they were being made, the one guy made a point. They'll do whatever. They're loyal to a T. So, yeah, but again, I didn't see Clone Wars, so I wouldn't know like the backstory. Right. So, so to- Clone Wars does a great job at humanizing the clones, and they literally are people. Like they 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 give them all names, yeah. and like you hear Commander Cody's name in the in this, and like there, there's plenty there's plenty of awesome characters within these clones that like they have their own personalities, and there's plenty of arcs that describe that stuff. But they have this inhibitor chip in their head that literally once Palpatine says that it's over. It doesn't matter what they're doesn't matter what lives they've lived. Their their initiative is to kill the Jedi, and it felt like. It felt like a retcon to me, even though it worked. Like it wasn't like illogical. Even in episode two on Camino, they say they're the Kaminoans say they're programmed to be completely loyal. Right. And, and, and exactly. Right. And, and to me, that right. always the to me the the original intention was okay that they were always loyal to Palpatine. So like this was their plan all along. There was no chip involved or anything like that. It was not flipping a switch. But the the Clone Wars kind of just like makes that make a little more sense, I guess. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Especially, curious. especially if you're going to spend like seven seasons of a television show humanizing these clones and like you know showing us that they're actual people, like to to then think that they would just go like, yeah, I'm definitely going to kill all my best friends. Like, you know, there's right. got to be there's got to well, be some. Me, we're friends. I'm, I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah, there's got to be some <laughs> trickery involved. So the inhibitor switch, you know, makes sense. And there's some really good stuff around that. Where like there's there's certain clones who have had that chip removed, and there's like awesome conflict around that. Yeah, Timmy, Timmy, got to watch it for sure. I'm gonna watch him. Um, how epic is it when Yoda feels all of this? He feels the the two clone commandos coming up behind him, and he just cuts their heads off without. Yeah. Awesome, even... so good. Oh. And there's like oh, there's like a bit of a sigh from him too. He's just like, oh, really? Like this is happening? Like, uh, the worst. Gotta gotta yeah. be a badass. For sure, I I love the emotion they were able to show in Yoda there by feeling that all of these Jedi were just leaving. Like he looks like he's gonna yeah. have a heart attack. It's just it's really really well done. Uh, the youngling scene so that, that 
that first kid that says, Master Skywalker, what are we going to do? Uh, I, I feel like I've said this on the show before. That flinch was not scripted, uh, which is awesome. That, that, is awesome. that is not awesome. That's scary. That's child abuse. <laughs> I don't tell him he's going to die. <laughs> Hayden Christensen was a jerk. Oh, Jesus, man. He's trying to fight the kid. <laughs> he thought he was actually going to pull a lightsaber. Oh, my I mean, gosh. if it wasn't scripted, he really must have thought something. You must have. I always think that that's amazing. And it's yeah, so that's good. crazy. It's 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 one of the heaviest emotional beats in this movie. It, it's it's yeah. tough. It's tough to it's it's tough. Dark. It's really dark there to talk about kids in that manner. And that kid was but, so freaking cute. They picked the cutest one. He's just like this cute yep. little blonde kid. He's just like so you know doughy eyed, like Master Skywalker. Right, <laughs> you come to save us. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. It's too like many how, of them. Yep. How horrible that is that all uh, those kids were hiding there, and and Anakin is he knows it's wrong too, which is crazy. Yep. Oh, of it's course. Just, the conflict is there the entire movie. It's just like he's he's so far gone that it's, it doesn't matter. Crazy is it that it's he goes in there knowing he has to just destroy any possible Jedi. It's just it's it's horrible, but again No just, mercy. It's Hayden Christensen, man, he did a great job with that. Um the the young Jedi, so we see Bail Organa kind of come up to the Jedi Temple. That young Jedi that's like 10 years old that fights off the clone troopers before dying. That is also George Lucas's son. That's Jet Lucas. So another kind of cool cameo there. Uh, love seeing Bail Organa take off in the Tanti 4. That's his ship. That's the ship we see Princess Leia in in the beginning of A New Hope. The ship they're on at the end of this movie when they're talking to, to Yoda and Obi-Wan. Uh, how about that first look at Anakin's eyes on Mustafar when he's just in rage mode and they, they get that yellow, the red, the orange in there. That's intense. I get goosebumps even sitting here talking about it. I think that's a Disney plus. Uh, it is. It's the wallpaper of that movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember looking at that it's today awesome. too. For sure. One of the coolest, I think like stills in the movie. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's just like this, that that's the true epitome of me to saying this is now Darth Vader. This is not Anakin right. Skywalker. Um, even the, the whole time he like starts to cry a little bit after doing all of the stuff that he's doing right. didn't feel good about it but he's doing it to save padme you know so and i think he so does different. that and then it's like the slow transformation where when he's officially done like the tears are gone like he's officially you know making the switch so yeah and, and, but man it's just it's it's multifaceted because like it is that there there's certainly like it's it's mostly and it's all about padme but there's 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 those comments where it's like and then I'll overthrow Palpatine. Oh, yeah. Then you and I can rule. Like there's darkness there. It's not like it's it's about Palpatine for sure. But he's he's yep. just so conflicted, and he's just so at this point just down the wrong path that he's just he's kind of insane. Right. He went too far. He's lost. Right. That's the right. point of it. He lost a good voice of reason. Whether that's a father, he literally a he literally says that halfway through the movie. He he, he breaks out. Yep. He he, sa- he says, "I am lost. I feel lost." To to Padme, like he just comes right. out and says it right and. and you know, he was right. <laughs> Dude, 100%. Um, Obi-Wan with Yoda after they, they go to the Jedi Temple, which is an awesome sequence seeing those guys fight, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ewan McGregor's performance and Obi-Wan pleading with Yoda not to go after, that he does not want to be the one to go after Anakin. How can he kill his brother, right? He, he just, he can't do it. Yoda introduces the famous point of view to Obi-Wan that Obi-Wan talks about in A New Hope to Luke Skywalker, where he says Darth Vader killed Anakin Skywalker. Yoda really brings that up to him. And I think it's not only just a, a point of view, but I think it was a way for Yoda to be like, your brother, he's not, he's dead. 
you're killing a monster now named Darth Vader. Right. So I, it, you know, that's, that's the wisdom of Yoda, so to speak. Yeah, but, um, so, I mean, but is it really wisdom? I'm because about to say he also similar. says the same thing. And Luke saves him. So is that really wisdom? I think so, because he believes you cannot come back from the dark side, and no Jedi ever has at that point. So from Yoda's experience, like you, once you're a Sith, you're a Sith. You're, you cannot come back. Obviously, we see that that's wrong. Not true. Right. But at that point, that's what he and every Jedi believe. So long story short, Yoda's the worst character in Star Wars. Got it. All his fault. What? No. You know, I'm going to boot you right now, and I'm keeping the glass. <laughs> Just kidding. I love Yoda. I'm sorry, Yoda. I'm going to break it again. Also, I can't boot you, so... Uh, <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> oh, talking about you and McGregor again, Obi-Wan telling Padme basically that he has to go kill Anakin and learning of the child that Padme has and that it's Anakin's. Oh, man. And then just moments later, Anakin back on Mustafar, basically crying. Oh, gosh, dude. This movie, it just hits you constantly. Uh... Natalie Portman, by the way, I think does a pretty good job as Padme. We this this about is about her. In, her strongest performance, for sure. This yep. is her strongest performance. And, and she, I thought she was good in the first two as well, but man, she really nails it here. Like the just the dread and the just identifying these these conflicts in Anakin and not being able to follow him down that road. Like the just the dread is just palpable. It really is. Almost palpatinable. I was gonna I was, gonna I was go waiting there. for somebody. <laughs> Threw you guys a softball and seeing who was up to bat. I always, I always take that swing, you know. I got it, uh, Joe. So, yeah, her performance is great. It's is it not terribly ironic that, that you know Darth Vader gets known for force choking people, and the first one he force chokes is Padme. Like, yeah, are you kidding me? That that's where that, that stems from? Like, oh my gosh, that it's was four K though. It was a four K. It was a four K force stroke. I did watch this in four K. Yeah, same. Like, same. Could have gone for some IMAX cuts, but whatever. It wasn't through FaceTime, but it was close. Uh, yeah, it was close. <laughs> uh, again, last thing on the on the the symbolism here, as Anakin and Obi Wan are are verbally jousting here before they they get ready to to actually fight with the lightsabers. Uh, the sun goes behind the clouds as they're dropping the the robes. Just one more symbolism to say that light is gone. Give it up, man. Talk about this here. John, you said it. This is the best Star Wars duel ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's oh, for so sure. Good. It's it's so good. The, yeah. The, the choreography, the the set pieces, like all the moving pieces, like flashing back to what's going on with Yoda and Palpatine. Like it's just, it's, it's so intense. Musical score. Oh, let me start it. When I heard that in the trailer for Kenobi. Oh. Slay me. I can't wait to hear what John Williams came up with for the theme for Kenobi. Cannot wait. Oh, it's going to be, it's just going to, it's going to be awesome. So yeah, this duel, there's so much to it. There's, there's all these different layers. They, they go for about 13 minutes uh, of on screen time between Obi-Wan and Anakin. I talk, say what you will about some of the cheesy aspects of it, but again, it's up close. It's personal. It's aggressive. It's intense. These guys are brothers. Obi-Wan's dealing with the failure of, of really the whole Jedi order let alone Anakin Skywalker. It's a promise to his mentor, Qui-Gon, right? Uh, it's Anakin, who's, I'm sure, got a lot of these emotions here. He's trying to kill his former master that he just left. He just dealt with all this this, this terrible killing spree. He, he killed the Separatists. He killed the, the younglings, the Jedi. Uh, he 
basically just killed his wife. He doesn't know it yet, but he's about to. There's a lot of that. And I, they, man, watching the behind the scenes with Hayden and Ewan and how they trained for this and how they came up with the choreography. Really, really cool stuff. Encourage you to go check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, Nick Gillard's the stunt coordinator for this movie. He's got a cameo. He can be seen uh, being one of the first people Vader mows down in the, in the footage that Obi-Wan looks at when Obi-Wan and Yoda are looking at it. Uh, also, Duel of the Fates makes a, an appearance here. The music from episode one when Darth Maul shows up. Can't go wrong with seeing that. We saw it in the Kenobi trailer as well. Uh, we talked about on the last episode of MCU Reviewed, Captain Marvel. We're talking about uh, Sam Jackson and how I thought throughout the movie they were they were teasing the fact that his eye was going to be basically scratched or something would happen to it uh, with the, the flurk in there or the cat. I think they did that throughout the fight here with Anakin. There were at least two or three times where I was like, oh, he's not going to make it. He's going right. to fall. How, gonna how is he going to get maimed? Yeah, right. for sure. Oh, they were definitely doing that. Uh, is is there a more intense line than when Ewan delivers the emotion behind you were the chosen one? To oh, Anakin? No, no, not at all. We were brothers. Yeah, it was, that part was so good. Just the strings playing in the background there. And even we watched it just during the trailer, you know, a few minutes ago at the, the start of this episode, really, it doesn't do it justice. It doesn't do it justice. It's got to be in the moment. There's no music that plays right after Anna, uh, Anakin makes that jump. Obi-Wan right cuts his limbs off. Cuts him down. It's quiet. Yeah, and that's, that's Obi-Wan goes. Yeah. That, I mean, that is like, that's trilogy defining right there. Like, that is what I think yeah. of when I, th- I think about the original, the, not the original, but the, the prequel trilogy. That's that encounter, that that confrontation. That's what I think of. The penultimate by Max. Yeah. And, and Hayden Christensen, by the way, does a great job there, too. Um, not just unleashing the rage, but also the emotion there. Right. There's a little bit of sadness and regret there. It's, yeah. it's horrifying. It's, it's really it's, it's easy to, to be sympathetic there. Um, I love the symmetry between seeing Padme on the table and Anakin on the table as they're both essentially dying. Right. Right. Uh, we get Vader's first breath, which is so epic. <sighs> all these years waiting to see that. Oh my yep. gosh. There's a Vader uh, comic, the first comic, not by Charles Soulet, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, in that run, it explains that Naboo uh, was helping to basically hide the pregnancy. They wanted Anakin to assume that his child had died uh, with Padme. So they made her appear pregnant even during her funeral scene. Uh, so that's kind of something I definitely encourage you to check that out. That's a Marvel comic line. Uh, it came out a few years ago. I feel like, uh, really quick here, I feel like Darth Vader, back when he took his first breath shortly after that, when Palpatine says that he was the reason that she died, I feel like he gets a huge power upgrade then. I don't know if you can agree with me there, but oh, for sure. just the rage he has at that point, not only at everyone, but himself, just to destroy everything around him with the Force was insane. I love that part. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Tim. And that's one more bit of manipulation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, seems like you killed her. Right. And it's like, are you kidding me? Uh, again, in one of those uh, comics right after that, it's the second Vader series. Stuff gets nasty between Vader and the Emperor there real quick. Yep. Love that's, to see that's that. That's the Charles Soul one. Gotcha. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Last thought I had here, finally, at the end of this, appreciate everyone's patience. Uh, we see the final cut uh, or the final sequence in the movie, and it's the twin sons. And those represent hope. The, the theme of hope plays on in the, the John Williams there for his musical score, A New Hope. 
And right after the credits and you get the main Star Wars theme, the first song it cuts to is Princess Leia's theme, which is a really nice little uh, bit of symbolism because George Lucas always envisioned her as the one that would be the one to bring everyone back towards the, the final trilogy, at least in his eyes. Guys, I know I had a lot of notes there. That's all I've got. Uh, before we get on to favorite characters and such, anything I'm missing? I think you nailed it. Got a lot. Yeah. Good movie. Got a lot. Yeah, it was good. Favorite non-title character? Tim, you go oh, first. Star Wars itself was my favorite, but okay. Um, Gotta go with Obi-Wan this time. I think I've chosen everyone but Obi-Wan and all the other movies, and this one just does it for me. I love his look. I love his demeanor. I love him as a character. He's the new hero that you kind of see evolving throughout this, kind of taking on the role of Luke's, you know, quote unquote, new father to watch over him on uh, Tatooine. So it, I just I love everything about his character. He always stays true, true to his beliefs. And I think out of all the Jedi, aside from Yoda, he's probably the most level headed and tries to be the most selfless the entire time. So, you know. My thought. He is your yeah, he's God. your neutral good. Uh it's, it, yes. it's it's Anakin. It's Darth Vader. It's 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 who this trilogy, who the Skywalker saga was mostly all about, the rise and the fall of Darth Vader and of Anakin Skywalker. And this is the movie where you see it all. You you see the you see the full trajectory of this character and all the tragedy that comes with it. It's just Hayden Christensen does such a good job at this transition. It's uh, it's unbelievable. It's you say whatever you want about the prequels. There can't be, there's bad CGI. There's bad writing. You can't, you can't watch this movie and tell me that Hayden Christensen and this, the writing behind this character aren't just, just absolutely heartbreaking. So good. He nailed it. And you know what? Like I said a few times, I think he's going to finally get the recognition he deserves when we see him in Kenobi. That's just my hunch. Uh, the, the tragedy of Darth Vader, for sure. That's Star Wars. Uh, love both of those characters so much. Could not go wrong either way. I'm going to go with Palpatine. My brilliant. Absolute brilliant. Those are the top three. Mm-hmm. He is just... He, the di- dichotomy between playing the Chancellor that's public-facing and the devil you're basically behind the curtains there as Palpatine. The the game of manipulation and, and puppetry that he plays with Anakin and what's going on throughout it. Like even his transformation, they always joke that like maybe he really looked like that. And his mask was looking like a normal human being. It's just, it's so good. It's so good. Happy that they were able to bring him back after all those years. Doesn't happen without him in my mind. And it's not nearly as well received from my point of view, from an execution standpoint. So E. McDermott is Palpatine is awesome. He's the guy I kind of hope we get a little bit of a cameo in, in Kenobi. And uh, I think that would be a pretty interesting thing to see. What, is this one more scene between... Is this six episodes? Kenobi, right? Six? I think so. I think so. There's room. There's room for some stuff. Like, show... Yeah, yeah show, show... Give me Palpatine. Give me Ahsoka. Like, just, just, just pepper some stuff in here for me. This is the one. This is the one. Like, this is the... Come on, we've been waiting for this for decade at this point let's let's go all in they originally dropped it down to four and i know i remember that i was like four we're getting only four but i mean think about it though like 
a movie is what this is two and a half hours right it's four hours but yeah. but but they're structured differently they they certainly are structured differently yeah. there's so much the, the there's just they're just different um and and so um obi-wan was originally a movie like this was pitched as like this was supposed to be in the vein of rogue one um solo and then obi-wan was supposed to be the next one and then solo didn't you know re- get received so well and they scrapped it all but yeah i i mean give me 20 episodes here like I, I, this I, I, is the big one. Yeah, it, it's the one. It's the one. I think six feels good, though, dude. If, if you're gonna, if you're hitting like the high forty minute mark on all six of these episodes, like forty eight minutes and forty eight minutes plus on all six of them, I'm feeling good about that because I don't want if too much blood. Float. I said blood. If, I, I don't want. I don't want too much of just Obi Wan walking around the desert and like getting, you know, maybe just like tracing an Inquisitor. I really do want the meat of this. I just like his goggles. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't minutes. want too much of that. I, I want. I want the meat. I I see your point, but again, there's so much you could do. Like, give me. This is crazy to say. Give me a mo- like an episode of flashback. Right between him and Snoke and Hayden, like, dude, oh for, sure, for sure, for sure, would be pretty cool to have. Oh, like, yeah, that's Vader, an episode that that only tracks Vader. Like, dude, there's so much. From Vader's point of view, you right? Know? There's so much you can do. Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, we got two of them basically. Yeah, like, and I hope they do hit that 48 minute mark. For example, right? Because like some of those early Mando episodes are like 26 minutes. Oh, like, I know. What are we doing here? Yeah, I think I think Obi Wan is going to be pretty pretty packed. They know. Getting ahead of myself. They know. They, this is the one. Like as as exciting as Mando was. This even even this is Boba the chosen Fett, one. Agree, this is the guy. Oh, the chosen one. How about that? What? Uh, what's that moment of this movie? It, I know there's there's a lot to pick from. I think we probably all would come up with the same one. But whether it's a line or or a moment, I did go Tim first last time. So so John, why don't we go first to you? Joe, you go. You, you, you go first. I need to think a little bit. Go ahead. <laughs> For me, I mean, again, it's cliche and obvious, but it has to be when Obi-Wan screams at him and tells him he's the chosen one because the emotion is not just to scold him, but it's basically to say you you became the very thing you swore to destroy and now everything is ruined. You had the potential to bring the force back into balance and save the day for the galaxy here and really right the wrongs of a lot of things. And you didn't go that way. But past that, it truly feels like those guys are brothers. Screaming at him from a standpoint of, I, I, I loved you. I can't believe that this is about to happen. And to a degree, like he could have just ended it there and forced him into the, the lava or, or stabbed him and put him out quietly. But he didn't. And it's, it's kind of crazy. Like he let him suffer. There's so many. There's two sides to that coin when, it, when you talk about that discussion. But for me, it's, it's Obi-Wan's performance there let alone the whole fight sequence. My gosh, it's just, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I could go any number of directions. That's where I went. It's a good one. Uh, I'm also going to go in the same vein. I'm going to go with a line. To me, it is, uh, so this is how Liberty dies with thunderous applause. So when, when Padme says that, it's just, it, it's 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 the Emperor's plan coming to fruition. And, and it's the fact that she, Padme really was the the neutral party, the one who really knew what was going on and saw saw, like, saw all of this, all of the politics behind what was happening from a, a, a 10,000 foot view. Padme was the one who was basically giving us that exposition. She was telling us like, hey, maybe maybe none of this is right. Maybe neither side knows what's going on. Maybe we start to evaluate any of this. Why are you getting so close to the Emperor? Like, the fact that she's able to recognize that and that line literally, you know, that line sets up the empire, right? Like that is 
he announces the Galactic Empire, and she she says that thunderous applause like that. That I mean, I guess that's the birth of the the rebellion, basically. But um, that 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 always sticks with me. That's a good one. We didn't we didn't talk about that. I think that's really good, Tim. My, I'm gonna pick something different. My mine up there was was up there with Joe's, but if I had to pick a different one, um, I would pick the part where Mace Windu confronts uh, Chancellor Palpatine. And the reason I pick that is because you really do see a change. You see him go from his facade of being a chancellor to officially transitioning over to being a Sith Lord. Right, he's hiding and nothing his, anymore. His personality is like a switch. Like, everything's different. His mannerisms, the way he acts, the things he says, like, everything's different. And I, I just love that because I feel like that all of a sudden just switches the entire story, like... Hey, you know you're on this path, and it's like, uh oh, roller coaster down. You're at the top now, and that's just everything that happens after that is all based on that co- confrontation. So, aside from the the crazy scream after he uh, he does this weird spinning thing in the air, oh, in CGI, it's but, very much like the Obi Wan scream from uh, from episode yeah. one or episode f- uh, four. How do we do math here? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, mine that, though. That's a good one too, Tim. It's funny because like again, the manipulation. He's shooting lightning at Mace Windu. Mace Windu is only defending himself there, but Anakin's looking at Palpatine like he can't even look at him. It's so horrifying. And he right. has it in his head that w- Windu is doing that. It's just, it's brilliant, man. It's, it's craziness. All right, guys, we got through a lot of good stuff there. Episode three sounds like a pretty good movie. Uh, I think we're going to validate that now. John, I'm going to pass it over to you. We're going to officially rank this thing. Let's go. Oh, boy. I'm I'm conflicted. All right, so here we go. We have oh, the, let's do this. The ranks are up. I feel like Anakin Skywalker. I'm so conflicted. Um, yeah, so the ranks are there's no there's not many surprises right now. We're five movies in. We're we've got Empire at number one, A New Hope at two, Jedi at three, Attack of the Clones at four, Phantom Menace at five. People might argue that to me, you know, tomato tomato at that point. But where does Revenge of the Sith go? Where do we what, what do we do here? What do well, we do here? I'll say this. First of all, it's crazy that anyone would think Phantom Menace is better than Attack of the Clones, but I digress. They're close. It's, Revenge, they're both. Revenge of the Sith. You said early on, maybe Tim said it too, it's definitively the best of the prequels. Yeah, there's no conversation there. I've already moved uh, Attack yeah. of the Clones and Phantom Menace down to five and six. The, the conversation yeah, becomes, who, who, who's here to say that Revenge of the Sith is better than Jedi? Let me start it out. I will also vote better than Return of the Jedi. Ooh, you both do. <laughs> oh, how about that? I uh, before this, before watching it today, I would have said no. But I, I took it for what it was. Again, I'm trying to keep an open mind with a lot of these movies and try to release some of my bias. It's tough Return to do of that. Return the Jedi right? is probably one of my least watched movies. Right. Just right. out of it, just. To me, like Revenge, like Revenge of the Sith, I would watch that again. Like, there's just so much good stuff in it. Like, there's some parts in there, like the CGI. Like, but you did what they for for the CGI back then when they did it. It's pretty good for what they were using. We watch it now and think, well, this looks like shit. Oh, it's it's not but that bad, especially then, this one. Like, especially it was this one. probably phenomenal. I remember watching like Spider Man One. Toby Maguire thinking like they legit put this in this movie and thinking like this looks ridiculous. Right. Oh, no doubt. But, no doubt. Like, I don't know. Just 
as much as much as I hate, you know, there's not really a happy ending to it. It's just it's good. And again, like I think JT made a good point. I haven't seen the Clone Wars, so I'm making this without seeing any of the Clone Wars stuff, which I will watch. But my thought on it. So what's funny is Lauren says, so Lauren watched this with me. This is Lauren's favorite Star Wars movie. She's seen them all. She's lived with me for a long time. She knows all the, the Star Wars crap that goes on. This is her favorite movie. So we watched this together. It was it was fun. She goes, where's Ahsoka in all of this? Which is kind of funny because, right, these these came out years before the Clone Wars. Uh, right. But she became that that much a part of it. So when you add in that wrinkle to what happens really with her, um, kind of interesting. But again, I digress. A lot of my friends said it was their favorite Star Wars movie. Huh. Which I thought was a little you know, out there, but. Oh, Lauren's is tied. It's episode three and episode nine. Those are never heard that nine, ever. So I'm, except for her. Um, uh, I I struggle now. I'm telling you. Right well, now. I just want to. I just want to go on the record with my vote first because it, it's it's moved. It's already it's already moved. It's already at three. Yeah. So it, you two both you you two both have progressed it. I I'm just struggling. Um, I was close. I was close, but I I after watching it again, I was like. I I agree. I agree. I think I, I would all. I'm we're on board. We're three for three. I do have Revenge of the Sith ahead of Return of the Jedi. I think that uh, I think that Ewan's Ewan carries it for me. Ewan and Anakin. Ewan, like the, those two right there. Like, Even I mean, Palpatine's amazing in it. It's a lot of the characters' best movie. Yeah, for sure. For you sure. Know? For sure. For sure. All right. A new hope. Who doesn't like to see younglings die? I mean, that's that's <laughs> kind. I didn't want to say it, but that's why. I, ultimately, why I did it. You know. Master Skywalker. Almost number um, one in ever, that case. You ever see the, the funny memes on like, like Instagram? They'll be like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hayden Christensen just started uh, swinging around the lightsaber <laughs> at these little kids and George yeah, said he loved it. We had, we had to rewrite the whole plot. It was supposed to stay good the whole I mean, like, it was really tough. I just love the part that he's talking. It's like, what are we going to do, Master Skywalker? What are we going to do? Zoom. And then it cuts out. Yep. Oh, those the but somehow the kids end up in the hallway, which makes no sense. But yeah, Hayden I, just he, he just dragged the bodies. The the, yeah, he throws them out the hallway. <laughs> it's like a hitman. He drags the bodies. So nobody can see. Him. He All force right. runs them into the All hallway. All right, Joe, tell me why this is better than a New Hope. So I don't know that I'm there, but I want okay. to talk through this as a group. Okay. Okay. John, you go to throw a Star Wars movie on casually. Yeah. Th- or not casually. Are you throwing on A New Hope or are you throwing on Revenge of the Sith? A New Hope. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a, a New Hope I'm is not. A New Hope A New Hope is my original trilogy movie that is my throw on. It it is my it's my comfort food for the original trilogy and I uh Yeah, at least at least the answer to that question. Okay, fair enough. I am not I'm throwing on Revenge of the Sith because I I might go watch it after this. I like I can't get enough of this movie. I've never held this opinion. Cause again, these, these change, right? Like we can come back and do this right. in five years and just be like, what? Or some movie comes out that en- enhances a different star Wars movie that moves this up or down. I think this is almost perfectly paced. There's really almost no downtime. There's, there's a, here and there, like I do, maybe I do disagree Anakin with that. Padme. 
I disagree with that. I, th- I think the I think the first third of the movie is slow, and there's a lot of the politics, and I think there's a and that's where it's front stacked with the cringiness too. So all of that, all of that Padme and Anakin awkward dialogue, which is just seemingly always there every time they're having conversations. Um, some of those just weird direction things I was talking about earlier. I think it's all front loaded, which makes the pacing a little different. Um, but I think it it ultimately pays off because you know it's back loaded and that's great, but. I think it's so so quick and relatively insignificant when we're comparing it with episode one and two. There's so much downtime in in one, a little bit less in two. In this, it's almost almost all go. And if something happens to me, it's important. Where I feel like, eh, you could have trimmed that. This, I don't really feel like that with Re- Revenge of the Sith. Compared we're to the prequels, about, I agree. Yeah, we're talking about the the battle of the heroes is, is the, the song that plays when Anakin and Obi-Wan duel for those 13 minutes, the performance of Hayden of Ewan of Ian McDermott, um, even Natalie Portman, like we said, there's just so many big, important, massive things that happen in this. It's, it's truly a tragedy, like almost like a Shakespearean tragedy as George Lucas would describe it's written that it, way for sure. Including seeing the transformation and the payoff at the end. The only regret is almost not seeing more Darth Vader, so to speak, under the mask. But again, we'll get our time with that later on. For me, I think I've got my answer, but I want to hear Tim talk a little bit first. Um, I, I would agree with John here. If I'm putting on a movie, I would not probably put this on. I think the movie, the, the movie itself is great. It just, I'm a big sucker for hero origin stories and luke is in my opinion what you know aside like a lot of these movies are about him like at the end of this movie it's about luke being born to you know take it over i don't know i just i would really struggle they're so different they're so different i mean like they are you're you're getting a very you're getting a very very emotional very dark movie with Revenge of the sith right like this is this is the end i mean this is this is the beginning of the end for darth vader or i guess for anakin skywalker and i mean a new a new hope is the beginning of kind of like you know uh, uh, a pop culture phenomenon you're you're getting the relationship like booming with uh with with luke and han and leia and all that stuff and 3po yep. and r2 so like it's it's a lot more fun and it's a lot more of a popcorn flick but yeah you're there's still so much star wars there too right like this you're learning so much about them yep. you're learning everything about the force it's the first movie it is star wars this is star wars so it's uh and there's some things in there that don't hold up as well just like don't hold up as well now right. but i i would have to say it just to me I don't know if I could I could get there with, with Revenge of the Sith because to me, if I wanted to watch Revenge of the Sith, I would want to watch the first two, and I don't want to watch the first two movies. That's and fair. that's my justification on it. I, Interesting. And with A New Hope, I would watch A New Hope. I'm like, hell yeah, I get to watch Empire Strikes Back. Like that'd be my mentality. See, I and then I I'd probably stop it. after Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I, John, maybe watch Return of the Jedi. JT I and, easily segment these as individual movies. Like, oh, I, I do too. Not meant to be that way. Like, right. I I don't need to be like, yeah, I have to watch one and two before I watch three. We're just doing that now. But like, for me, and the more time goes on, I think episodes again. I really think episode three was poorly received for a number of reasons. As time has gone on, especially once we got about ten years away from it, so that's around the time Force Awakens came out people started to change their minds on it for various reasons. Maybe it was Clone Wars, maybe it was other things, different lore. To me, uh, I think it it gets better with time. And I listen, A New Hope is awesome. It's, a, it's the thing that kicked this off. Are you kidding me? Right. It's amazing. But I almost, almost maybe look at it like I look at the original Avengers. Yeah, 
it's pretty freaking awesome. It, it kicked off a cultural phenomenon. I don't know that I'd have it as high in the rankings. All I'm going to say is I can get revenge above a new hope. So that yeah. is where my vote would go. I can't. And I, 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 I it's, I don't know. I, I, mean, I, I don't agree. So JT and chat saying like, Oh, the revenge is a better film. That's what it's all about. You just sold me even further on a new hope. Revenge is not a better film. There's, there's, yeah. there, there are more compel There, there are more compelling elements to that. Uh, I think that, I think that hating Christensen's Anakin is more compelling than any character in either, in either of those two movies. And that is such a great performance. Maybe even the same with Obi-Wan and Ewan. Right. But there's so much awkwardness. There's so much, there's so many head scratching scenes. They're like, it's not a better film. I'll tell you right now. I think that I, I think I, yeah, I think that A New Hope is such. It's way better paced. I think there's way there's way less head scratching moments in it. And I think that George Lucas, like in my opinion, definitive definitively became a worse director as he as he went on with these films. Like for sure. I mean, I know he only directed the first one of the of the of the original trilogy, but that holds up. I think that that's the best movie he ever directed was A New Hope. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, that you, good. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, you, you, you'll get, get buried. I'll get you'll get buried. Yeah. So here's my here's my answer. My answer is I don't think it's better than A New Hope, but I'm doing an asterisk. I will Jedi mind trick this in the future if I watch a Clone Wars and it changes my opinion that's, about Revenge of the Sith. That's totally fair. And hey, man, I've seen it and it still because I have a clouded judgment because like you guys have both seen it. And that may help affect some of Joe's judgment too, but I haven't seen the Clone Wars. See, I, but here's my other piece is I don't to me they stand alone. I don't need I mean, to watch a clone I don't need to watch anything else to understand. Like I don't need to watch Road One to appreciate a new hope. So Right. I, I just I, 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 Road One makes me appreciate a new hope even more, but right. <laughs> yeah, I can't stop buying votes. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think I think a new hope is a. And JT, you put it into to great words, and, and you 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 got me there in chat. Uh, I think that a new hope is a better film, a better movie. I sit down, I watch that. That was a more complete movie. I have less questions. I'm scratching my head less. That was a better structured movie than Revenge of the Sith. Nine, t- like ten times out of ten, anytime I watch these, I'm going to say that was the better film. A new hope stays at two for me. I feel like um, Revenge of the Sith to me is like when you really like something and you go and you look in the window and you see something really flashy, it's shiny. It does all these great new things. And you think to yourself for a second, like, well, well maybe I'd want that one instead of the one that I've been, you know, dedicated to and been walking with this entire time. But there's a reason you realize you go in there and it doesn't work right. There's a couple of pieces that aren't working correctly and it's not exactly what you thought, but because it's so shiny, it's flashy. And that's what I feel like Revenge of the Sith was. The fights are phenomenal. It's flashy. It's awesome. Like there's so many good parts to it. So, but it suffers but, from everything that the right. rest of the prequels suffer from. It suffers from it's where you go swing and it so. falls apart. It, I don't it, think it, so. It, it by does. a long time. There's there's definitely stuff to detract, no doubt. And I, like I said, I'm very conflicted. I I could tomorrow be like, yeah, I could get a new hope there. So whatever. Right for but, sure. I I, I I get you. But for the last hour and a half, two hours, I've talked about the emotional complexity. Of Revenge of the Sith, so I think it is. Despite some of the shortcomings, there's there's a lot of deep stuff there. Especially there, there is, but that's that, that's what this movie is, and that's the only one of these six movies right now that was even aiming for that, right? Like that's what this movie is, and, and without that, this movie is nothing. 
So like that's you know uh, JT wouldn't it be amazing if you were sitting next to me right now and you could chime in here. Uh, but he's not because he whatever. But yeah, you no, could it, add some bobs. The movie's nothing without without that emotional arc again, and that's what makes it fun. That's why we, that's why we just gushed about it for an hour and uh, whatever forty two minutes. But I, I just think that at the end of the day, A New Hope's a better movie. It just it just Joe is a little bit biased, and he admitted himself. This well, is that's what this is all this about. Has this has always is, been his go to movie. You know what I mean? I didn't say that. Any yeah, opinion, an opinion is inherently I mean, biased. It's always been my go-to movie. We said it was like I, it I holds a place deep in your heart. Because that's that's no, no. Movie. Earlier, earlier, earlier on. Whatever. Yeah, an, an, not- an opinion about a film is inherently biased. We're talking about the way we feel about these films. Yes, right. I am biased when I tell you that I think a new hope is better than Revenge of the Sith. Um, so <laughs> let's let's get it official, Joe. You you would put it at two right now. Yes, Joe. You would hop it. Tim, would you? Mm-mm. I wouldn't do either. it. I it's close. Either. It is close for me. I will say, I was close to thinking it for a second, but I can't. I, I was closer than I thought I would be. I was I closer than I thought I would be. John tries to show up. I, I, JT, I wouldn't do that. Tim's been JT working shows out. Up. I, I'm I'm way closer on yeah, a whole week. <laughs> whole week. I'm way closer on uh, Revenge of the Sith and Jedi than I'm even like. I, I think that A New Hope is in a different different stratosphere on me giving that over. Uh, I'm still even conflicted on getting Revenge of the Sith over Jedi. Doesn't matter for me. You guys both voted for it, so I was just the third one to lock it in. To you know, just for the record, I did you know for the record I did go for it. But that's where I'm conflicted is getting Revenge of the Sith over Jedi. A New Hope. I'm not there. So that's well, where it stays, though. That's where it stays. We, you know, Tim and I both agree that Revenge of the Sith. Hey, to, to, to you know, to look at the way people think about these movies and the way they're talked about. It's still quite the is feat. This, this is this is oh. technically allowed. What JT's trying to do, right? JT is doing? trying to use oh. his mind trick. No, he's not part I of the show. I know he hasn't been on the show, but he, he was no. on an episode. If no, he's he on gets the nothing. next episode or a future episode, he can use the Jedi mind. No, trick, we can't. He, fair. He can't from the Twitch chat. He can't. Okay, that's no. fair. That's fair. As much as I would love him to, but I would, this is how I would do it. I'd be like, let's use a Jedi mind trick, but I want it to be on JT's name in case it fails miserably. I would, I would literally bet a thousand dollars that that Jedi mind trick would fail miserably. Like there's no I, chance social media agrees that Revenge of the Sith is better than A New Hope. Like, there's no I chance. JT to, I would just need JT to find the right pockets of the internet. Like he oh. found for the Black Panther poll. That is true. You could, you could. It's crazy, but he he did it. So oh, he did it all him. Uh, There will be people who are upset with us that we haven't hired them. Return of the Jedi for sure. Like like I'm saying that that's a that's a large enough feat for us to get a prequel above one of the OT. It's it's huge. It's huge. I think it's. I did uh, love Return of the Jedi, but I liked them both. I I loved them both. Yeah, that was it. Was a struggle for me, but um. Uh, yeah, a new hope. Return of the Jedi and New Hope are close for me too. So these three are all on the same wheelhouse for me, dude. I have no idea. I have no idea where I'm going to go once we get to this this new uh, this new trilogy. I really am going to be conflicted. It's so tough to compare a movie that was made in yeah. 1978 to a yeah. movie that was like made in 2020. Like it's really difficult. Like they're so they're so different. I'm doing a shitty job of selling people on on my opinion. So I, I've got to ramp up for the. I'm going to no. have 10 pages of notes for Force no, you, I, I, I will tell you right now, you completely sold me on it being over Jedi. And again, that's like, you ask me tomorrow, maybe I think I'm crazy for doing this. But like, no, the, this conversation definitely drove me to, to see everything I loved about Revenge of the Sith and put it above Jedi, for sure. Seeing how much lo- Joe loved Revenge of the Sith made me love it. Great. That's why I'm I gave happy. it a, a, good, a good chance. I'm happy it was contagious. Oh, I loved Sweet. it, yeah. Great movie. 
for the for the listeners, John, you want to run through the the new official rankings? Yes, so we're 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 six through here. We finished two trilogies. Uh, so we've got Empire at number one. We've got A New Hope at number two. Revenge of the Sith today's film at number three. Return of the Jedi at number four. Attack of the Clone at number five. And the Phantom Menace at number six. That's a that's a list. We're more than halfway there. We're we're getting there. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Crazy 50. stuff for next week. Crazy stuff happening. My gosh, I can't believe how it's lining up. All right, <sighs> ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. The official Star Wars rankings for the movies for the first two trilogies next week. Oh, mama, can't wait. John, let's wrap things up here. People find you on social media, and what can you tease if if people that are watching or listening would like to find a show about video games. At Disrupt on, on all social medias. Video games, you like those? We talk about those. Uh, here on the Geekiverse, we have a, a show called Busy Sticks. Uh, we record a weekly video game podcast. We're talking about what we've been playing, what's in the news. We've got a question of the week. We talk about beer. We love beer. All sorts of stuff going on. Check out Busy Sticks. It's a lot of fun. Tim, if people want to hang out and, and watch people play video games... Where can they check that out? Maybe like Elden Ring, for example. Maybe you could watch that recent tomorrow on YouTube. I uh, just recently fought one of the hardest bosses in Elden Ring. It took me about three days to do. Um, I recorded the gameplay of my final time that I beat it. And uh took about four minutes and 50 seconds. But you'd be surprised. It sound, doesn't sound like very long. But when you do it, you know, 70 times in a row, the time really adds up. So... Um, but also planning on uh, returning the streaming at uh, on the Geekiverse site. Uh, hopefully that's on uh, Twitch, obviously where you're at right now. I'll be doing some uh, video games. I know John just played Tunic yesterday. Yeah, I'm going to get back beer. to that for sure. I did spill some beer. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to visit it. It looked like a lot of fun. Um, and also got to finish uh, Sifu. I got to take that. And maybe we'll get some NHL games in at some point. So, But yeah, stay tuned. At Tim Tells on uh, Twitter is probably my most active social media platform. So. Absolutely. You're in the right place. Twitch.tv slash The Geekiverse if you want live content like you saw tonight. Watch our episodes at YouTube.com slash The Geekiverse or listen on podcast services around the globe. You can find me on social media. I am at I am Brosia. Wow. Had a brain cramp there for a minute. Just too much Revenge of the Sith on the mind, you know? It's crazy. Next week, I can't believe this lined up. We have our show, The MCU Reviewed, much like this. Star Wars Reviewed. We are talking... Avengers Endgame and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Are you kidding me right now? What a week for us. It's going to be awesome. Can't handle the emotional complexity of it, but it's going to be awesome, man. I'm going to try. So we hope you stick with us for that. Again, thanks to the sponsor of the show, 26 Shirts. Check them out, 26shirts.com. One last thing, you can go to patreon.com slash thegeekiverse if you like what we're doing. You can throw some money at us or you can always just tell a friend that would go a long way for us as well. For Tim, for John, for JT in the chat on Twitch, I'm Josiah. Thank you. Have a wonderful night.